What's up? I'm Dane McGuire, and this is yet another edition of In Depth with Dane McGuire. I am your man behind the mic, and in the spirit of keeping this podcast somewhat high profile, I bring you the first interview episode with none other than the trumpet player, Mr. Johnny Christmas, for California ska punk legends, Real Big Fish. Now, a little bit of background information for you. I found the band on Twitter. Well, technically, the band found me. They found me at at Dane McGuire 899 They followed me first. I said, hey, you guys are coming to St. Louis in roughly two months at the time of the original posting of the tweet. I said, can we get you in studio for an in-studio performance? Due to time constraints, they couldn't do the in-studio. However, we were granted a phone interview, the 2000s program was, with Mr. Nate Knott and Valerie Buckley, who you will also hear in this interview. And in the phone interview... Nate had a control board malfunction, so it took 36 minutes of audio and cut it down to a warped about 7.5, 7.40. I emailed their management, I explained the situation, and I explained the situation to Johnny Christmas, and I said, you know, I, I feel terrible, but uh, I explained the situation to Johnny Christmas, and we were granted a second interview, and it was a pre-show interview before their show at the pageant with Less Than Jake and Authority Zero on February 10th in St. Louis. And as I said, this aired on the airwaves of 89.9 with the WY2K crew, Nate Naw and Valerie Buckley. I really hope you enjoy, guys. It was a lot of fun. How would you say that the uh, recording process for the band and the band as a whole have evolved from the Fisher King days up through, let's say, Happy Scholar days? Well, I think we're getting a lot better at it. Uh, hopefully, as you get older, as a musician, you get better at your instrument, whether you be a vocalist or a guitar player or a trumpet player like me. And so we can, we kind of know the process, and we can knock things out a lot quicker. So we play so much better now than, than you do when you're a kid, and uh, it makes things a lot easier. And what do you think it's like for your let's say, uh, partner in crime, Aaron, being the only original member left. People come and go. Uh, it, it's always been that way with this band. You know, when, when the band came together in 1991, it was kind of whoever wasn't grounded that week that could play with the band. And uh, so there have always been people coming in and out of the band. Uh, fortunately, we've just been getting better and better musicians that are in the band. The, the band is so tight now and everybody plays so well. It's, it's really a pleasure to, to be up there with those guys. One of your most popular songs is called Beer. Well, mm, what's, your, what's your favorite brew, or what, uh, what beverage could you recommend to people? Ooh, <laughs> I'm a big Belgian beer fan, and last night we had a night off in Arkansas in Little Rock, and we went to a place called The Flying Saucer. And th th there's a couple of them. There's one in Houston, one in Arkansas, one in Kansas City. There's actually one here in St. Louis, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll go there later. Um, so I'm a big fan of Belgian beers, and I had a St. Bernardus 12, and it was to die for. <laughs> so you can't go wrong with Belgian beer. So start with a, with a Hogarten and ha get your flavor around a Belgian wit, and then go from there. 
outside of you know being a musician, you said you're a bit of a gearhead. Mm-hmm. So uh, could you talk to us about some of the, some of the projects you've got and some of the motorcycles, maybe trucks? Uh, yeah, yeah. So. I built a rock crawler a while ago. I've always wanted a four, like a designated four-wheel drive. So I built a 77 K5 Blazer with one-ton axles and and crazy lift, 38 seven-inch tires and lockers and all that stuff. And then I had a baby, and so I had to sell it. And so I'm still kicking myself. Uh, but I've got a garage full of motorcycles and vintage motorcycles. I've got a 1970 or 1969 American Eagle that I'm restoring. I have a 1985 Yamaha RZ350, the last two-stroke nice. uh, uh, street bike that you could buy. And then, then I have the ones that I ride regularly. I have a KTM 525 and a KX500. I like them big and fast. Yes. Uh, I like wheelies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's life been like since having the baby and touring and all of that? Fortunately, the smartphone thing is saving my life, I think. <laughs> uh, it, you know, I, I used to take tournament lessons with a guy named Bobby Shue, and he talked to me about being out on the road, you know, in the, in the 60s and seeing, you know, being gone for three months and then seeing how much his daughter changed. And he's like, man, this is just too much for me so he went and became a studio musician in Los Angeles and fortunately for me I get to see pictures and or video of my daughter every day I talk to my wife and my daughter every night and so I wind up ducking out on like parties and stuff that that I could be doing so so I go and make that time to talk to my wife and daughter because uh, that's really important staying married you know being a dad and and still doing this because I love doing this uh, it's uh, I'm learning how to do it and doing the best that I can. Real Big Fish is currently co-headlining with Less Than Jake. Yay! What is it like touring with them? Uh, those guys are brilliant. Just, uh, you know, being out on the road, sometimes some bands that you take out, you know, you'll have a really good band and then have not so great human beings. Uh, or sometimes really great human beings and uh, not so great of a band. And fortunately, uh, Lesson Jake knocks that right out of the park. They're not only an amazing bunch of entertainers and musicians, but they're also really great guys. And it's, it's such a pleasure uh, to hang out with them. Uh, we want to do it for the rest of our lives. How did you get from, let's say, high school to making the right connections? And, I mean, obviously you practiced unbelievably I can imagine but how did you get to where you are now so uh, I went to music school I, I uh, out, of, out of high school I went to a junior college and played in a like a music school oriented junior college and then I went to a university and played there for three years until I became disillusioned with the whole system of it and left and started um, gigging more often teaching lots of lessons and uh, one day while I was at my folks' house, um, there was a knock on my door, and it was Derek, our bass player here in Real Big Fish. And Derek and I were in high school band together. Uh, he played trombone and tuba, and I played trumpet. And he's two, uh, two years older than I am. <clears throat> but he's been my, my friend this, this entire time for over 20 years. And he said, uh, this band that I'm playing in needs, needs a trumpet player. Our trumpet player quit to become a Jehovah's Witness. And I went, oh, well, I'll go over there. And that band was called The Forces of Evil. And it was Aaron Barrett and, and Derek playing bass and some other really, really great musicians. 
And uh, I started playing with that band. You know, I took a picture for the paper that day, uh, which was very strange. You know, I, I nobody told me anything. They didn't go, oh, you're in the band or, or oh, we want you in the band. It was just like, oh, 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 now I'm doing this. And uh, now my picture's in the paper. This is strange. Okay. Um, and then that led to me getting this job with this band, with Rulik Fish, because, uh, uh, you know, not everybody is cut out to do this job, to live on the road as much as we are. And so uh, Tyler Jones, that had the job before me, he was having some difficulty. And so they asked me to be in the band, and I've been in the band 10 years. Do you have any advice for future ska bands? Oh, so much advice. Practice, damn it. Practice. Get really good at your instrument. It's going to make your life so much better. Uh, uh, you know, you're going to incorporate all the influences that you have and all the stuff that you listen to into your music. Um, uh, the music's going to change, and it's going to be great. There's going to be a fourth wave of ska. Get really good and uh, be a good human being. You, you know, the better uh, human being you are and the better that you treat other people, I think, the further you will go in life. So practice and be a good human being, damn it. Oh, and write hit songs. That always definitely helps for sure. Uh, next question I kind of have for you is what would you say, what other kind of musical styles out there definitely kind of influence uh, the way you play, the way the band plays, other, because obviously, you know, Ska, yeah, that's what you guys, that's your bread and butter, but yeah. what else could you, do you guys think you could play? We are such fans of ska, and especially traditional ska, you know, listening to Jamaican ska. Uh, it's some of the best music in the world. I, I mean, uh, we've been lucky enough to play with bands like the Wailers and the Scatolites, and it, it's like, oh, it's our, they're our heroes! <laughs> and uh, as well as uh, played with Dave Wakeling of, of The Beat. Oh, my gosh. It was like hit after hit uh, for those guys, and listening to them play is such a pleasure. Um, in the specials and madness, oh my gosh! Um, but also, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a jazz guy. I love Louis Armstrong. I love Dizzy Gillespie and Maynard Ferguson. Uh, as as well as, you know, I'm a fan of music. Period. And if it's done well, I can appreciate it. You know, it not all not all of it may be my cup of tea, but I can appreciate anything done well. So, uh, have wide varied interests in music. You mentioned earlier your bread and butter, your genre of ska going through waves. Why do you think ska specifically is known for going through waves of popularity? I, I think every musical genre evolves. Like, uh, speaking of classical music, uh, you wouldn't write music now that sounded like Mozart. You, you know, you wouldn't want to listen to Mozart, aside from Mozart, or, you know, a thousand people writing just like Mozart uh, over the, the past 300 years. So it's it's going to change. Um, fortunately, you know, it, it, our genre of music hasn't died out. It's so much fun. It's it's music that makes you want to dance. It makes you, it, it makes me dance around my kitchen when I'm making my daughter and my wife dinner. I mean, it's such great music. And so I think every generation, you know, they will take their influences and it will affect and change the music so so not only you have Jamaican ska and then you have two-tone English ska and then you have like east coast like the toasters and like really heavy heavily jazz influenced ska and you have the west coast ska punk um uh it, it's 
it's going to change. It's going to some some other wave is going to come, and they're going to add whatever it is that they're doing and influences that they have. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Could you tell us the history behind the name Real Big Fish? Well, maybe. I'll think about it. <laughs> so um, uh, at the time when the band was first starting, they were rehearsing in somebody's garage. And I believe there was a little boat that was out in the driveway that was called Real Big Fish. And so uh, the uh, when they recorded their first tape, um, the band's name was officially the Fisher Kings, and the, the, t- the title of the record was called Real Big Fish. And so it just, you know, handing out the tape to everybody and handing it out, and then all the fans started calling the band Real Big Fish and not the Fisher Kings. So it stuck. And 23 years later, we're still Real Big Fish. All right, so my, as far as I'm concerned, my last question is there's that uh, one particular Bob Seger track, Turn the Page, talking yeah. about life on the road. Um, is that song anything like actually being on the road, and what could you elaborate on as far as that's concerned? Well, you would have to refresh me of the lyrics because I can't uh, picture all of them in my mind at this moment. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, as glamorous as you think it is from the outside, it's really a lot of work. Um, and it's not easy. It, it, not everyone is cut out to do this job. And um, I think, you know, you're gone from your family. You know, as you get older, you know, when you're Bob Seger's age, you know, he has kids and grandkids. And every time that you're gone, you know, you're you're missing their lives. So it's uh, – and it's easy to get into a lot of trouble out here. And it, you have to have some self-control. Otherwise, you wind up in rehab. And uh, – <laughs> And so if that helps you out, you know, um, uh, it's on the other hand, I'm really lucky to be able to do this. I mean, I don't work for a living. This is not work for me. It's it's pure pleasure. And uh, I'm a lucky guy. All right. And my last question before we let you go, Johnny, what can we expect from the band in 2015 as far as the next full fledged album goes? Well, uh, I don't know because we haven't recorded it. Yet, but uh, there will be another record. Uh, you know, it's it's what we do. We tour and, and we we record records. So there will be something. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it, there will be something. So keep hold on to your britches because it'll be amazing. I'm Johnny Christmas, and you're listening to College Radio's best. Hey, don't turn it off. Hey, you with the iTunes connection, the ears, and the internet. Want to be a guest on the podcast or have a guest to recommend? Email in depth at ndmcguire.wix.com. Out of sight. Once you get started, it's hard to stop. Goodbye.